How's it going, everybody? You're listening to the Stag Raw Podcast. This episode, I'm joined by two absolute weapons. Um, they make you feel like you're not doing enough, really. I think uh, Rita was telling me about how he'd done 80Ks that week while I was trying to uh, knock out my 100 for the month for the Circle of Savages. So there's always levels to the shit. Uh, you can find Carl Reed. Rito1979 on Instagram and uh, has his website there linked. And of course, you can just click on the show notes, people, and it'll take you straight to him. Carl Reed, uh, well, he's done a lot of things, uh, a multitude of running and Ironman achievements. The BVRT 100 miler, he was the winner there with a course and Australian record of 15 hours, 19 minutes. Pretty hardy. He talks about that race in this podcast. 2020 and 2019. Uh, he was the 100km winner at Toport. Um, I think my mate Pat, Pat Trains, who we've had on a couple of times, is signing up for that and he wants me to do the last 20Ks with him. So I'm going to need to get my hips sorted. Um, the Ultraman Australia winner, 19, oh, sorry, 2019 and 2018. Um, and there's an asterisk beside this one. Run course record at the time, 6 hours 29. Remember that one. Um, and it was also the unofficial world record of 21 hours at the time. So Carl was out there sending the benchmark there at 2018 and 2019. Um, and as I said, he's done a multitude of other things. Which brings us to uh, two-time previous guest, of course, Simon Cochran. Not that long ago, um, we talked to Simon after Turbo Ironman, where Rudo also competed. Um, and... What a season Simon would be having. He had won the Topol 100km uh, last year. Um, he'd taken out the Claw at Blue Lake, 24-hour, going the 200km. Um, he was fifth at Tarawera in the miler, and that's where Carl came in, and those two went nuts um, to get that fifth place. Um, what do we got here? Oh. I've written notes here, and, and I'm trying to work out what I meant. <laughs> so, Ultraman this year is what we were talking about in this podcast. 19 hours, 48 minutes, and 47 seconds. Um, so, new world record. Uh, shaving 1 hour, 32 minutes, and 18 seconds off the previous world record. So, what is Ultraman? It's nuts. If you listen to the last episode, we talked about it. 10-kilometer swim, 140-kilometer bike. Here's your day one. Day two, 281.1 kilometer bike. And then day three, double marathon, 84.4 kilometer run. So uh, Simon went for the whole thing in six hours, 6.07, um, knocking off Rito's time of 6.29. And that first split was 2.58. The peer review are awesome. Um, I think that's how I start this podcast. You guys are crazy, and I love it. It's so good to follow the two. So make sure you are following the lads. Um, now, Simon's trying to get to Ultraman in Canada. So if you know someone that would like to partner with Simon um, to get the name out of your product or business or or whatever, um, and that'll be much appreciated. Uh, help Simon get over there to Canada um, and knock off another world record or a course record or, or whatever, show these Canadians in the world um, what it's like here down under. 
I think I might need some of this. It worked last time before I had my surgery, the old deer velvet. Um, I'm going to need some more, I think. If you or your loved one have some aches and pains sitting in or an injury that needs support to heal, yes, I do. Consider topping up your body with Cain's Deer Velvet. It's packed full of amazing nutrients that the body uses in maintaining the immune system, bones, joints, circulation, and general well-being. Find out more at www.canesdeervelvet.com and use the code STAGRAW252 for a 20% introductory discount. Oh dear, not long left. Uh, June 21st is when international shipping runs out. So get your hands on some drink element. Just follow that link, drinkelement.com slash stagroar. Um, you can grab yourself a free sample if you pay for the shipping, but you might want to get yourself a whole box and uh, get over that $100 US for free international shipping. Not long left, people. Um, under three weeks to go to get your hands on one of the best electrolyte products out there on the market. Uh, Rob Wolf that we had on last year, absolute legend. Um, he's behind that. And of course, Aripa is the world's smartest brain food, 100% natural, caffeine-free effects you can feel. Crack open a couple of these in the podcast. Um, you can use the code STAGROAD and get yourself 20% off an order when you order off their website. Again, the link is in the show notes. Have you slept five stars? Um, put up a little post on Sunday that we weren't far off 60. Hopefully we've broken through that. Um, yeah. If you haven't done that, slap the five stars, take you two seconds, and uh, that helps us to spread the word. Heaps of new followers are coming on. Thank you so much for uh, following the Stagger podcast. Hope you're enjoying it. If you could share it with your friends, chuck it on your socials, you know, hit that little upwards arrow with the box that shares it straight to Instagram from Spotify. Super easy. Otherwise, take a screenshot if you're listening on something else. Um, share it on your page. Tell your friends. Lovely. Right, these guys are awesome. Make sure you're following them. Absolute legends. Simon and Rito, enjoy. Um, Looks cool. Just, I don't know, it's one unit. It is quite good for the, like, if you're commentating, and it's the same why they've got that one that they hold on their face and hold on their lip. <laughs> yeah, oh, like at the um, cricket. Cricket and rugby and stuff. Yeah. Because it means that you can't, like, if, you know, you can't run away from your microphone. But COVID would have put yeah, into that. Share that. Yeah. <coughs> Gentlemen, um, you guys are crazy and it's awesome to follow craziness. <laughs> I'm probably not I probably haven't been as crazy as Simon the last year, but yeah. How good was it knowing that Rito had done it, Simon? I think we've got technical issues already, mate. Already? Yeah. What do you got wrong? Can't hear yourself. Just went a bit quiet, but there you go. Now it's Probably, yeah. Stop playing with it. <laughs> Don't want to get tangled. That's a bit better. Yeah. Yep. So, so now we're good. Was Rito how you decided that yeah, I'm going to race this? Or? Yeah, I guess so. It was a pretty unknown race to well, a lot of people, even though it's been going since 1983, which I only found out a couple of weeks ago. Was that like in the, what did you say, whole day debrief meeting? Like, Welcome to the Ultraman. Uh, it's been around. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> was it kind of like that? Yeah, it's pretty much a five day event, really, isn't it? Like, you've yeah, got oh. your, your full briefing and rego day, three days of racing, and then a day of uh, prize giving. Prize giving, which... speeches. So every athlete does a speech at the prize giving. And what have they got capacity for? 50 people. Yeah, we had 43. 
did they give you the three minute warning yeah there was some yep yep the old alarm went off oh did it because yep. uh, the first people. year i did it um, one guy was up there for about 20 minutes and everyone's just like oh come on you know like and the day just it didn't drag on but it was yeah yep. especially when you're tired and sore i was about to say yeah. the people are pretty fragile <laughs> yeah you know and um you know people getting hangry and wanting a couple of beers and all that sort of thing and uh it is, yeah, as Simon said, five days of, uh, yeah, not only racing for the three, but the day before and after, yeah, it's full on. Yeah, but this year at the prize giving, because we broke the record, Tony said open bar, so all the beers are on. Oh, on nice. Him. Yeah. So do you think that sort of boosts his event? That's the one we can do a good time? Yeah, a lot of people will think that. They can go and have a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not an easy course. Mm. Um, you said hill, hilly. <laughs> yeah, top, stop lights. I mean, you couldn't. <laughs> wouldn't call it super hilly, but it's yeah, it's it's an honest course. Yeah, be interesting to see what the other ones around the world are, are like. Is one of the ones in the states is dead flat, isn't it? Um, mm, Arizona, I Arizona, think. yeah. But yeah. so day one bike and day two bike are very similar to New Zealand roads, um, if not better than new zealand road so for us you know when i was training and like simon's trained in the last six months you know out, out in the weather and the road surfaces and all that i mean when you go over there yeah um, there were some nice smooth sections that they were still calling rough <laughs> yeah and they were like oh there's this big 10k section with heaps of potholes and heaps of dangerous stuff on the road it was like a couple of tiny potholes <laughs> you like hold my beer and shake in the road from <laughs> from the coromandel yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's narrow little trek <laughs> it's like arriving over there and it's 20 degrees and they're all in hoodies yeah, yeah. and beanies going oh it's cold it's cold and we're like well, i mean i'm walking around in a singlet because yeah we've come from good old new zealand oh, especially this summer oh yeah fire. what summer yeah where, where were you riding around around woku around dental Bregman and stuff Oh no! I sort of stick to just the local areas. Um, mm-hmm. Like ten k's from home is the Arkaka and Otau Straits and Hills, and then if I venture out to sort of Patamahoe, um, Tuakau, mm-hmm. Port Waikato, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, generally, those are the areas that I stick to. It's just, I mean, if you head closer to Auckland, it's just idiots on the road. Yeah, you know, and it's it's only getting worse. It's um, and if you cross the motorway into Hanoi and stuff, you'd... oh, you can yeah, I do head out that way. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, out to Cleveland, yep. um, mainly because there's a good bakery out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's on your sort of routes as well, isn't it? Good, good pies and cokes. Oh, there's always on those super long rides. You've got to, you've got to stop. Got to stop at the dairy. Yeah. <laughs> Usually be two hundred plus. That's all the yeah yeah. Can't Gnarly. stop on the short ones. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Get to a weird, weird place. How long have you been doing it now, Rita? Uh, the ultra stuff? Or, yeah. yeah or, or in general, um, 2006, I think it was, when I sort of started going from, you know, a boozer, overweight fella to um, yeah, getting into a bit of running. So I think, yeah, 2007 was, um, I think I did Auckland half marathon. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I was doing some running just to, like, get fit and lose weight, again, you know, and get back to some sort of level of fitness. And then I thought, ah, oh, you know, what, what are you going to do with this running? You might as well do 
do an event and um, first half marathon, yeah, that, that I'd ever done. Yeah. So, yeah, that was 2007 and then it just kicked on from there. I think I was still in primary school then. <laughs> you were, <laughs> 2007. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. you ever overdone it? Got, got overuse injuries and stuff like that? Injuries? Yeah. Oh, last year was terrible. <laughs> well, yeah. you went to that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, you cooked yourself in the States. I did. Correct. Correct. I went and trained in Boulder um, for three months with Cam and Cam Brown, Dylan McNeese, Kellen Millwood, all those guys. And it was living the dream. It was epic. Like I was doing 35, 40 hour training weeks and um, just. Is that yeah. training at altitude? At altitude, yep. It was great. Um, mm. The first week was horrendous because you're just breathing through a straw, but certainly was just an epic place to train. Um, mm. But yeah, I cooked myself big time. Yeah, got back and I went over to Malaysia and raced um, Ironman Malaysia, and that was like racing on the sun. And I'd cooked myself, and I just had a terrible day. So yeah, it was all good and well going to Boulder. Still finished? I did. I did actually because the year before I didn't finish it, so I was determined to finish, but um, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's awesome hearing guys like you and like Tim as well. He was telling me about how like his run in the Ironman just was so stagnant for so long, and then what, three or four years in, all of a sudden he ran fast. He's like, I was just strong enough to do it. And I was like, oh, that's good to know. Good to know. It definitely takes time. Yeah. It takes <laughs> yeah. a lot longer than most think or are willing to commit for yeah yeah well that you said that to dom harvey eh? like oh no we're in the, no, the newspaper article wasn't it? it was like that was 15 this has been 15 years of me training yeah it's not a six week build up it's, <laughs> yeah it's been no. building for 10 yeah. 10 years yeah yeah have, have we had much longevity in sport this sport before well, no, the sport's not that old as well isn't it well you look at Cam Brown's probably the <laughs> the one to look at. Yeah. Um, but I think in the past, the older guys have done well because it takes long to learn the sport, learn the mental strength. Um, it's probably becoming younger, but I would say that's just because people are starting younger. Yeah. They're still 10 years into the sport at 22 and doing well, but people think, oh, he's so young, but he's, yeah, he's been racing for 10 years. So yeah. it's still an athletic age, I think. Yeah. Your training age. It's going to be interesting, like, in Southland being in swimming, how many swimmers were like, you know, black line fever stuffed this and went into triathlon. Tony Dodd's been the obvious one. But, like, it's going to be interesting now that there's no junior swimming in swimming that they're starting in age groups. How, if the longevity of swimming kicks in and we start getting better swimmers in their 20s and what that does to triathlon yeah swimming's a young sport you still think it's a young sport well it is I think you're you're 18 and you're in the masters aren't you in swimming (laughs) (laughs) no but I think like I only lasted all 15 I was I just could not steer another black line again yeah but I think that happens a lot you know like the kids are so young and they've been staring at that black line for years and years and years and then it's just like needs a change change yeah I played water polo and and I was like oh this is way better yeah, yeah. before one heads out of the yeah. water but uh, <laughs> you're playing with your mates and then the same with athletics like you know we want runners and sprinters to be mid to late 20s early 30s but you know we're lucky to get 22 year olds trying to compete and try to make it Olympics I'm like, no. and I think that's where I didn't start triathlon until I was 24 
Yeah. So I think you went through school doing, you know, every sport under the sun for a bit of variety. So like I'm only, say, 15 years into the sport now, whereas if you'd started when you're 15, by the time you're 30, you're over it. Mm-hmm. And your body's worn out. Yeah. You've got all these different overuse compensations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, worn out joints and yeah, wear and tear. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's what's it been like? Have been out of vicariously lived through Simon this uh-huh. last year? Yeah, it's been awesome. I, I mean, I was down at the Blue Lake when he did the twenty four hour and got the claw. Yeah, and so I was part of the crew, and you know, and and that was. I mean, I I was still I'd just come out of a knee brace yeah. actually, and um, so I managed to do one lap of the lake and I walked. It took me an hour, but it was awesome to be down there and just sort of be back in amongst all the athletes and see Simon crush it and um, yeah I think I was at Taupo just watching uh, a couple of my athletes race the Ironman and Simon yeah, um, got third in the 70.3 mm-hmm. so yeah over the, the last six to eight months I've sort of been around most of the events Simon's done um, paced them obviously at the Tauwera 100 miler for the last 50 Yeah, and that was cool because I got to be out there with him and um you know, to come come through the redwoods with what was it two fifty nine two fifty nine <laughs> deficit to to um, fifth, and we were just like hauling ass um, for that. And what do we do? Twenty eight minutes for the last seven k. Um, you know, I was in the box because my fit run fitness wasn't there, and he was way in the box because he just put a hundred and fifty five k in his legs, and we're you know. What did you just do? Just go fuck it or something? Well, I... Yeah, we're coming down through the Redwoods and I knew we were going to get a time split from Anna. And I said to Carl, I was like, if it's under three minutes... (laughs) Yeah, literally. I literally said, if it's under three minutes, we'll have a crack and see what happens. We got down through there and it was literally like 2.58. And I was like... But... (laughs) he had carried on That's and i right. said oh, i'd get i'd get because he we just wanted to um, make sure he had a last little bit of coke and whatever at the aid station so i said you get you keep going and i'll catch you um it took me a kilometer to catch him because he's running four minute k's and mm. i'm like running four, you know and, and next thing you know, like by the time i get to him i'm just about done and then we sort of get was it two k's from the finish and we could see scotty up ahead and he turned around and saw us coming so he started to pick up the pace and i just said to simon right jump on my We're jump on, behind me running and through long grass run you know and i'm going this is um i was like a lead out man on a in a cycle race you know like you know, leading your um top sprinter out and but this is you know 16 hours into a race and um it was phenomenal it was just so good and we caught scotty and he tried to stick with us and we were just no we and we dropped that's when we dropped the 347 kilometer and um with 400 meters to go i just like that was me i said to simon you go peeled off. i peeled off <laughs> and started jogging in and he yeah yeah and that's what was it 1604 fifth place and yeah, that um epic. that was epic day yeah it was um and we've talked about it um everyone sort of asks oh what's what's harder an Ironman or you know 100k you know whatever and it's like to me I mean and I'm I've got unfinished business at Tower because I've DNF'd there twice mm-hmm. um, but I have completed one miler so thank god for that but 
to me, a hundred mile run is yeah. But I think like what I've sort of come to the conclusion this week is it's not a hundred mile run that's hard; it's a hundred mile race. So mm-hmm. there's plenty of people out there running it to finish. Yes. But when you're when you're racing over these longer distances, that's when it gets pretty crazy. Are we gonna start seeing like a pack of people going going for the finish line? Well, yeah, I think yeah. you see like in Western states and stuff like those guys are going out and there's like ten guys for the first fifty k's just yeah giving it death and it's literally someone will drop off, someone will drop off, yep. and it's last man standing. Well, if you look at um, the legend Jim Wormsey, who's and what's I mean he goes fourteen hours at that one, doesn't he? Mm. And like, and it's got a ridiculous amount of elevation in it. But if you look back at his career and go, he, he's actually DNF'd quite a few Because he's been pushing it. Oh, he just because he races it. And, um, and that's, that's the thing, you've got to commit early in these events. Like Blue Lake 24 Hour, I knew what I had to run. And it's like, you got to start off pretty fast hmm. and commit. <laughs> yeah. And shit can hit the fan. Yeah, and... I'm the classic example of two years in a row at Tawawera. You know, um, the second year I was leading by half an hour, six k, or whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. and I'm looking behind me, and where is it? You know, oh, he might be catching me. I better just keep hauling ass. Yeah. And um, but I was there to race, and um, yeah, bit me in the ass big time. <laughs> but yeah. um, but that's I I wouldn't change it because that's that's how I do it, and that's how you know, like Simon said in you know all these interviews in the last week, you know. He, you're out there to give it a nudge mm. and um sometimes it does, doesn't go to plan but like simon at um ultraman three days of when it does go to plan it feels quite good yeah <laughs> out, outstanding racing you know like um i written down on a piece of paper at home i should have brought it down actually um what i thought he would do mm-hmm. um and we talked about it on air and off air of you know sub 20 this and um now nah, it's not possible and and I, I said, no, it's not possible. But in the back of my mind, I thought, if there's anyone who was going to do it, it would be Simon. And mm. um, I wrote down 2030 was my... Pretty- I, had, I had 2050 as an ideal <clears throat> race. So We've, an and 50 hour, minutes. And 50 minutes. Yeah, which yeah. would... He's still under the world record by... Well, the Ultraman world record of 21-21... Um, Peter be like rowing in his little world best. Oh best yeah, thing. Peter Peter Vibusic, he's gone twenty fifty six, but it was on a you know a pretty friendly course. But yeah. it's still you yeah. know like you know it's still completed an ultraman distance. Um, so yeah, I put down twenty thirty, and I thought well, yeah, man, if he does that, that's you know fifty minutes under the world record. And then after day two. When yeah, you know, I calculated what what was it six seventeen yeah, and I said I messaged Simon. I said, mate, just run a just, run a three just o- run just run yeah. <laughs> I said run a three o five, and you'll have, I reckon, just knowing him, the way he's trained and the the effort that he did at um, Tawera in that last fifty k. Like we got to the Blue Lake at in Tawera hundred miler, we were eight minutes down or something, and I yeah. and he boosted up this hill. And again, I was struggling to catch him. And we just went through the that nice gravel part. And we're yeah. just running 420s. And we were just like, yeah, okay, <laughs> what's going on here? And, um, having a great day. and we were having a great day. And um, 
I yeah, I just knew the back end of Ultraman run. He would he wouldn't drop off the pace that much. I mean, you're always gonna you know. We're so thinking three hundred five, three ten. So why'd you go sub three? My GPS was playing up. <laughs> like, and, like actually, like I thought I was running to go three hundred five. Like I was gonna try and go smart. So what does your pace have? Nothing. Well, he didn't start till like he started like four point eight k's in. So we knew we were ticking off some good k's. Um, there's a, there's some areas on the course you, you're sort of under the tree cover. Um, you know, like I, when I did it, um, and Kura was um, pacing me. She's like, you know, slow down a bit, slow down a bit. And I'm like, nah, because it's four forties or whatever it is. And she's like, no, no, it's the tree. You know, and, and so yeah. So I'm, when <laughs> I was following it, obviously back here, and I he went two fifty eight, and I was like, jeez, yeah, but. And then um, I just laughed when it was two fifty eight yeah, actually because yeah. I was just like, "Who told you the person in the cone?" Oh, they got the commentator out there and everything. Hado yeah. or something at the yeah. He messaged me. Simon's just gone two fifty eight, and I went, "Yep, yeah." I knew he, I knew he'd be around three three oh three. I thought, and um, and then I just said it. I can't remember. I think my wife Paula at home. I said, oh, "Simon's just crushed the first marathon," and I said, "He's." I didn't want to jinx him, but I th- thought to myself, "Oh, he's got sub twenty in the bag, you know, like easy, you know." But that just knowing the back end of Simon's run strength, you know, it's because um, it's not easy once you get through the the Mount Coolum hills. You get over Coolum, and then you have got a nice flat section. But then that last is it about seventeen k. Yeah, on the, you, you get back over the road and go on the that beach path. On the beach path, and that's up and down, up and down. And I just remember every down was the quads are just like on fire. And um, yeah, so. But having that two fifty eight allowed me to ease up a little bit on the hills. Yeah, because I knew I had some buffer, and just wanted to make sure I didn't. Yeah, blow the legs right only- out. I see, but you yeah. dropped off what eight minutes? But I mean, that's yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. What would, what would be injured for you, Simon? Injured? Yeah, like I can't run. Well, I think I'm smart enough to not get to that point. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone gets those niggles and tight areas, but I guess it's just learning what's an injury and what's just pain, pain. and running. Yeah. And what's tight and um. Mm keeping on top of things yeah and, so, so you both and, he, put, and he's seen me have two surgeries last year and <laughs> see are you cooked a bit biomechanically before those surgeries yeah 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 and are you all right yeah apart from your shoulder <laughs> <laughs> i mean everyone's always got a, a weakest area that will you know give out first like say six hours into that day two bike like my glutes and lower back and everything's aching but if you ask anyone at that point, there's going to be something on your body that's given out first. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's interesting. Have you, have you been at Revenant or done Revenant? No, but that's certainly... Um, I've looked into it, yeah. Because last year was really interesting that no one made that third cutoff and that comes back to after Ian's done it, it's kind of like, well, we've got to race this again. <laughs> And like you know, the real time pressure on those checkpoints each time around. The, you, the young half, fella, he was half it, an hour short of. The, oh, was it half an hour short of that third checkpoint? Yeah. Which is the finish line, or is it? No, no he had. He would have had another more. lap. Ah, oh, I thought he came really close. Now to the 
He was oh. re- really close to the last lap. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think I need to learn to read a compass before I go and try Navigation, that. eh? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I used to do orienteering as a, at, at school as a kid, so might be all right. <laughs> <laughs> orienteering in the dark? No. no. <laughs> Lack of sleep? And just around the school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like I see Tomato Peak and all the checkpoints that are through there, and I'm like... Oh yeah, that's not the same. <laughs> I have a GPS in the bush, it'll get lost through the Yeah. Fucking trying to read a compass, dear God. So what that's that's obviously way different. What what attracts you to that? Yeah, just the probably the mental challenge of that distance and something different, you know, like not oh well, yeah, like using compass and navigation and Sort of yeah. another skill set, another skill set, yeah, mm. something different. Um, it's like I got a bit of a taste for. Um, I went up to Riverhead mm-hmm. and did the um, relapse mm. ultra, and um, I did it as part of the uh, team with um, a group of guys with runners with beards, mm. and um, it was heaps of fun. And it was I'd never been to that sort of event before, and never done that format. And uh, I'd only sort of told myself, you know, around ten laps would be quite quite good 60-ish k um whereas you know like sam harvey who won it i mean he did 33 laps 221 k um and it was miserable oh it was quite warm and humid but the trails you know by the time you got a whole lot of people going round and round that was you know muddy airs and um, then they switched to the night course and stuff like that and i got 10 laps oh nine laps done 60k and then i called it a day but just sort of gave me a bit of a taste of something different and um different way of thinking about how to well you know run 100k or 100 mile or whatever goal you want to set because you know you got to run um 6.7 on the hour or mm. you know so i was coming in way too i was coming in at a 46 minute average i think i was averaging and, you know, which if i wanted to do 20 or 30 laps that wouldn't i just wouldn't have been able to, to manage it but um so these guys, the top guys, you know, they would come in around 52, mm-hmm. have a couple of minutes sit down and refuel and then get up and go again. Whereas when I was coming in at 45-ish, I'd sit down for five minutes and I'd struggle to, well, the first few laps were okay, but then, you know, once you're sort of seven and eight laps, you, the more you sat down, <laughs> I don't know, I suppose my old, old body took a while to get going again. But then in my mind... I was just like, oh, you know, knock out that pace again, knock out that pace. Whereas I should have just gone, oh, cruise. Because mm. you've got an hour to do 6.7. So trying to do big tests when you're young. <laughs> yeah. So um, I quite, yeah, so I quite like that format and keen to give it another go. Yeah. How's, what's Blue Lake like? Don't stop. Yeah, Blue Lake was cool. Um, same thing, like I'd, I'd prepared well for that and I was, yeah, pretty committed to race it like i was going there to have a crack at the 200 or bust um so the same thing like had to set off at a good clip and yeah just ticked it off yeah it's even crazy when i think back yeah because we had a plan of like we knew what sort of lap time yeah it's about that three laps every two hours was sort of the um 40 odd minute laps um but i think does it become boring or no no same thing like those races you're just in the zone mm. yeah like it's a 6k lap did it 34 times never got bored so you're computing while you're running and that's what's distracting you 
Uh, we the the bonus there was the paces and the crew. Yeah. Like we got to see everyone every six k, get some fresh food, drink, and then lots of people jumped in for a lap. Like Dad ended up running seventy k's over the twenty four hours. Larissa did marathon, and everyone else, yeah, pretty much everyone came in for the last couple of laps. Yeah, as the sun was coming up, and that was pretty special. Do we have anyone in New Zealand that does flat track hundreds and stuff like that? No, oh, there's there's a crazy bunch that do the uh, 24-hour track running. They that was on not long ago, I think. That's, Is that at Trusts? Trust yeah. Stadium? So this year, it's going to be the day before the Blue Lake 24-hour, which is a shame. It's, yeah. on the Saturday, it's on the Friday night, I think it starts. So obviously you can't do both. Um, well, maybe. Um, that does sort of interest me. Um, but I think you'd have to do a more specific prep for that like that's um a lot of time on the track getting used to going around run around, around yeah just a bit more wear and tear on the body going around that same i mean you still turn direction every four hours but it's pretty you're obvious. not running on the inside lane though are you all right okay. uh maybe like two yeah yeah i think some events they'll have like the 12 hours running on one lap one lane and then yeah they'll work it out that way yeah, I've interviewed Zach Bitter. He's he's nuts. He's done it on a treadmill as well. Yeah, treadmill doesn't really. Uh, <laughs> did it in COVID, like thirteen hours or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what was it? The they did, I think hundred hundred miler or hundred k got broken last week. Yeah, the, uh, what's yeah. his name? Is it Alex is it Alexander or, yeah. or something? Yeah, uh, Lith- is he from Lithuania? I think so. Yeah. The average three thirty nine per k, six oh five. I think six hours yeah. five. And what about like Mount Blanc running up a mountain? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I qualified for that this year. Yeah, probably not going to fit into my schedule. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that that will be on the cards one day. But that's that's pretty appealing as well. Like, that's hundred and seventy k's with ten thousand meters of elevation. Yeah, but you've got extreme weather and you know you're in the mountains like the real yeah. mountains i followed it i watched a bit of it and, and jim warmsley was racing he was leading for ages and then you're, you're following the tracker and then next thing you know he's third and the two guys who um passed him i mean they were neck and neck right up to i can't remember 10 10k to go or something and and but that was it was awesome to watch yeah but the the coverage was really good they just showed them way up in the mountains like yeah not just the hill these are, yeah. yeah are they chasing them with drones or it's got locations or yeah a bit of both I think yeah um, and guys on mount, mountain bikes and following them around yeah it was, yeah, it was quite good coverage yeah um, but yeah you got to do a qualifier don't you to try to, uh, to get there yeah so Tarawera got me like Scotty's going that's he, right yeah, yeah he accepted his spot um, the guy who we just out sprinted mm-hmm. um, so I think me him and one other guy were on the list to yeah you can accept your spot so what's that network of races called UTM or something UTMB UTMB Ultra Mont Blanc which is the the big finale oh, so Tower is qualifier for it yep yeah yep. Uh, what are they doing in the states for that oh there's a bunch like there's a whole series yeah, um, yeah. with different tier races and that sort of thing and some of those races in the states 
you have to do two or three qualifiers to get into some of the big big races over there like um qualify you know, for the qualifiers western states <coughs> is probably like the hardest race to get into because they only take 360 runners each year mm. and they'll have like is that the one you went into a lottery yeah for yeah so they'll have like fifteen thousand people apply and then each year you're you get like your entries double so like if you qualify again you'll get two entries and then four and then eight and then um there's a few kiwis that are on like 120 entries and still missing out like andrew mcdowell i think was on seven years or eight yeah. years he's done mm. gone into the lottery yeah eight years in a row and missed out so yeah and what's the other one um what's the one that goes through death valley is that uh bad water bad, bad water yeah, yeah. And like, but you have to qualify for that one as well. I think. Yeah, and that, I think they only take like fifty or so athletes yeah. for that because it yeah. is pretty extreme. Mm. Yeah, your shoes melt to the <laughs> melt to the tarmac or something. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of shoes, what what do we, what do we like here in New Zealand? Is, is New Zealand thought of as just part of Australia? Like most most brands you look up on Instagram and stuff is like Australia slash New Zealand. Like yeah. <laughs> Like you've got a you got a world record. You had a world record. Like, what's it like? Like, g'day. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. New Zealand's just part of bottom end of Australia, isn't it? Or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you know, even with Drink Element, they've decided no, we're not going to ship internationally. Fair enough, because um, logistics in the world are all different. And then it's like you look at a US market, and it's like what three hundred sixty million people. Mm. And you go, well, I kind of get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, people in this country love the outdoors and love pushing themselves. And, you know, you just got to look at the week of Topol Ironman and what goes on in town. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure, you know, or Hawks Bay Marathon, that's again, that whole week is pretty impressive. I'm sure Queenstown's the same. So. Oh, there's so many events in New Zealand that. Are gaining momentum and pretty popular yeah you know, like even the auckland um the series now run series the yeah. exterior you know i was yeah. um chatting to bryce at total sport and he's just like yeah like within days you know like uh the first one oh hanua sold out um the other day you know and the one before that had sold out um and he just said yeah they well they have a thousand spots yeah and just gone so, you know, in a few years ago, that wasn't happening. So, yeah, everyone's just keen to... And I think the longer running is taking off. Like, you know, if you look at Tarawera, 100 miles, like, when you think there was 400 people entered in 100 miles, mm. like, that wow. blows your mind. Like, almost 1,000 in 100K. Like, that's... Yeah, yeah. in the 50K, <laughs> they had to do it in four waves. Yeah. Because there was 2,000... Yeah, 2,000 runners. Yeah, so... I mean, so I feel quite lucky that there was about thirty of us on my fifty k. It was a race for the for the Portaloo because we had to bus there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was about it. Yeah. But yeah, the sport's growing. Like it's it's just so appealing because yeah, New Zealand's perfect for the training. I was about to say, you just put your shoes on, get out, and bloody do it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And like when we did the thirty k the other week, it was along the Waikato River Trail, like you suggested, and it was awesome. Like. Mm, that's a great spot didn't even think about it until we got back to the car park and we're like oh fuck we need three five more k's and i said well that was that's kind of weird that i just did that yeah yeah simon and i did 
lot of training down there last year or no 20 before covid before or was it before covid yeah i think so oh no it must have been after yeah before <laughs> i went oh when i went over to brisbane and yeah yeah, that, yeah we were down on the waikato river trails like every weekend basically yeah for for a five or a six hour run and then, and that's pretty achievable for you to drive drive down especially now the motorway's open come down the motorway well yeah the motorway wasn't open but <laughs> no yeah easy for me i'd we i'd come down on a friday afternoon and stay here at simon's and um you yeah, would be up at you know five and we'd be running by six yeah and um finish yeah. lunch yeah fin- yeah and just go out and then we always talk about there was a run in Pawanu we did a couple of summers ago and <laughs> We just buried ourselves like i don't know what we were doing 65 k 65 k averaging five minute k's you know like just why are we doing this you know, yeah like, and what well, we were about four k's from your, your folks batch and we were like out of fluid stopped at some guy uh some house and used the tap and yeah and then we're sitting on the deck and we're just like man we we're smashed and it's like why do we <laughs> yeah just go out we should be going out and doing these runs and enjoying them and not worrying about how fast or you know whatever and so then after that when we're down on the Waikato River Trails we're just cruising along eh? and we're still yeah did 56k in five hours yeah Yeah, something something like that you know so we weren't weren't slow but it was a lot more enjoyable and we both said like the next day we'd you know like I'd get back it up with a two-hour run the next day and feel a lot better so yeah um learn learn the hard way learn the hard way yeah and yeah. take on advice that people give you you know um good good friend of mine alan um over in australia said to me well, we know you can run 50k in this time so why don't when you go out with simon or whoever you know go and enjoy yourself because you know save save all that sort of hard stuff for race day yeah so yeah but yeah live and learn so you guys going by feel or yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. on a heart rate monitor and 15 no. years <laughs> neither of all yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. are you keen to test test it like find out like you guys were saying about Tawira, the type of energy system you must have been in would I, you know a physiologist would look, a physiologist would look at that and go what the fuck <laughs> but that last 5k if I'm looking at my heart rate and it's super high yeah is that going to help your mental state no 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 or, or super low because yeah. you're tired and you're fatigued and you've got nothing, you know. Yeah, to catch Scotty, I mean, if someone said, oh, my heart rate's maxing out, we, we need to slow down. Well, there goes your fifth place, mate. You know, mm. right, suck it up. And, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of our training, yeah, off off feel and yeah, perceived effort and all that sort of thing. Um, Especially on the run, like... I mean, the heart rate on the watches and that sort of thing is not really accurate enough unless you're wearing the, the strap. Mm. Um, but then, That'd be some good shape. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I don't like wearing the, the chest strap, especially like, you know, if you're running for 16 hours, you've got enough chafing issues without another strap around your chest. Yeah. 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 So how do you prepare for those big efforts then? Age, like, do you still have to do some of those hurt box, bury yourself runs or oh there's key sessions definitely yeah um, like the ultraman build up i knew what i was going to need to run to beat carl's run record <laughs> so we were we were not, aiming to not just, just beat it just aiming to decimated dip, it. dip under that 
629 yeah you know and it's around that 430 per k yeah. so you just got to turn that into your all day pace yep yep <laughs> and that's what we talked about i said to something you know we looked at my time for the 629 and what i averaged and all that sort of thing and then we just said you know you only got to drop it five or five to eight seconds mm. which does sound a lot per kilometer but if you can sit at that on your long like you did that 60k run eh, after the 300k bike yeah simon sat at that number and it's just like well you know that yeah that that session gave me a lot of confidence so i went out and actually <clears throat> tim came out on the mountain bike with some drinks and whatnot and yeah the morning after that 300k ride got up and wanted to do 50ks at 430s and then pick it up for 10k so managed that ended up doing the last 10k sort of between four and 405 per k and so what was the purpose of that back in strength to prove that that first 50ks was done comfortably enough that you could pick it up so if you got 50ks and you can't pick it up or you're toast then you've definitely run that first 50 k's too, too hard, hard. Yeah. Yeah. so that's what i give a lot of my athletes is like a strong finish because if you've if you're running say it's a three-hour run and you go two hours easy half an hour hard half an hour easy to finish or something and if they can't pick it up for that half an hour mm. the first two hours isn't easy enough or you haven't fueled enough um so that's a good way of finding yeah. out whether your easy aerobic pace is your easy aerobic pace and a good like how we judge it is in that first like at the Waikato River Trails we start at at the car park and we go back five k and we sort of do an out out five k and back to the mm. car and if we're not talking or when then we're with that first ten k so it's, it's, it's on that road the roadside yeah, yeah that gravel yeah, gravel yeah, yeah. yeah so we just go out and back there just to get the legs warmed up but talk and we're like because you don't want to get back to the car and be like you know. We've got twenty three or four. We've got another. We've got another forty k to go. We would just run ten k at four thirty pace, you know, or something like that, which we know we can do. But quite often we get back to the car and do that section at the end again, and that's when usually it'd be midday sun, but we could still finish hold. that last ten k's quicker than we'd done the whole whole day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And a lot of, and I know I've done it as well. You know, go out and that for a long run and yeah that back end you just you got nothing and you're like well why did i run the first hour and run 13k in the first hour when now i've got nothing left and mm -hmm. so when i did ultraman in 2018 and 2019 it was, yeah i knew that i could get down to twin waters roughly around that 310 it was how am i gonna tackle coming back and especially the last mm -hmm. 21 you know that last 21 of the of the 84 and it was just like yeah if you can sit comfortably and then pick it up and and try to finish strong even though you know it's been a massive three days mm -hmm. yeah you're not you're not going to blow to pieces so how do you how do you deal with the confidence if it hasn't gone well like how do you the well, what's back to the drawing board look like like say for some of the athletes they've got this time in mind for their run you know and they go out and do a piece and it doesn't quite work out how do you go back to the drawing board well it's usually just yeah reassessing you obviously got the pacing wrong mm -hmm. your preparation might just need to be a little bit longer you know so you're actually building up to prove in the long sessions that you can do it before race day and a lot of times just dialing in the nutrition like that's what i think i've worked on the most probably in this build up is the specific nutrition getting a lot of calories and carbs yeah, in. how much were you taking on board in that bike 
120 grams an hour yeah for seven and a half hours that's which is bang on that's yeah so good and that not only helped with that ride but set me up well for the run the the third day so what's that worked out on like your should be calorie expenditure like no you're pretty much trying to get in as much as you can before it upsets your stomach (laughs) like you're trying to get the most out of your body so you want to put as much in literally as you can before it's going to be upsetting like some people that will be 50 grams because they haven't trained that mm-hmm. so it's showing in training in the specific weekends where you're trying to almost push the limits where you're either feeling sick or you know it'll turn to shit literally um so you can dial it back and work out what level you're at so then on the race day you're confident to nail that yeah and i was talking to one of my athletes few days ago you know don't just pick up a gel on race day and go oh yeah i think that'll suffice that'll that'll get me through it yeah yeah you got to do it in the weeks leading up to it the months leading up to it and just part of you and i mean i'm a shocker you know many years ago it would be i wouldn't even think about you know oh i've got to fuel up today because you know i've got a big day tomorrow or practice you know what i'm going to do on race day and then with both simon and i you know i mean we went through Couple couple of years of just working things out in terms of nutrition. How you know, how do we, especially in the ultra running, because we're both new to it. And it's like, well, how do you feel? Like it's a bit different doing Ironman because you know you know on the bike you can stomach some solid stuff. And um, I was doing some prep for the Brisbane Valley um, Rail Trail hundred miler I did, you know, and, and I'm I'm running along at the backs of Oyoku trying to run it. Chew, five, down, chew down bars. I'm trying to run five minute K pace, trying to chew down a cliff bar. Mm. and i'm running along the straight and i'm just like choking and then just coughing it all up and then i'm just and i never forget it um paul and my wife goes okay i said i'm going out for a four hour run i'm going to test i think i wanted 90 grams of carbs per hour mm-hmm. and i did it all in you know uh shop blocks bars all that and i just had this pile of food <laughs> and she said i'll bet you 20 bucks that when you come back you'll have three quarters of that left you won't have touched you know and sure enough Yep. Yeah, she was bang on. And yeah. I think I, so I did a four hour run, got back, I was dehydrated, depleted, you know, like, and feeling like crap. I ran okay, but yeah, we just, and we talked about and it a lot. Over the river trails, when we did those long sessions, we pretty much just slowly weaned off solids. And then we're pretty much, first day, I remember we went out with, and we left all the solids in the car, yeah. and we we're like, shit, you know, we're pretty committed just liquids this could go and it was probably one of the best yeah runs we'd had and that was sort of that converted both of us so you're using you're using tailwind eh? yep yeah so what's in tailwind well everything you need it's got sugar it's got electrolytes it's got sodium yeah yep and plenty of calories and it's just so easy to mix up so it's like you know if you're wanting 50 grams an hour it's a couple of scoops if you're wanting 75 it's three if you're wanting whatever so like on the bike i'll chuck like six or eight scoops in a bottle yeah and you're just sipping away on that and you know what you got to get through and then you can just top up whatever liquids you need with some water i think we went out one of the runs and i think i was trialing out the whole liquid and simon was like you can believe it i think after four hours i hadn't touched any solid stuff and i went through these 200 ml flasks and um concentrated every, concentrated as. as but i had electrolytes and other stuff to mix in with it and every 20 minutes my watch would beep 
And I'm like, right, a third of that, a third of that, a third of that, that, that one's gone, get the other one out. Four hours later, I was still running strong and um, someone's like, you all right? <laughs> you know, sort of thing. And, and it was, and we just sort of kept, we thought, well, this is going to work. And, but you've got to, again, you just got to keep practicing it. And um, yeah, next thing you know, yeah, we do six hour runs with, I mean, yeah, you sure, you, you want a, a gel or a, a little bit of, one, uh, like a one square meal or something, a little, something solid. If you, you know, we quite often stop after three hours and have a sit and, you know, and then, then you have a bit of solid stuff. But when you're running along at, at the pace you want to run, for me and, you know, and Simon, we just, so it's like very hard to chow down a, a cliff bar at, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I had a Masashi 20 gram protein bar. It was quite nice, but yeah, I was definitely not moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're hiking up a hill or, you know, or you know you're going to stop for three or four minutes, yeah, sure. But when you're in race situation and the second year I DNF'd at Tauwera, if I look back and counted the calories per hour that I was having and the sodium, all that sort of thing in the first six hours, I was, I think I worked it out, I was having a third of what I should have been mm. having. And um, we went and saw um, Rooster, um, Russell, who did our, like, did sweat tests and stuff like that. And it just showed us, like, oh, shit, you're actually losing this amount of sodium per hour. Mm. And I was only putting a third back in. And come 126K, I, there's nothing left in, mm. the, in the muscles, mm. you know, and um, yeah, on the verge of hyponatremia and all that sort of thing, and um, yeah, with any of them, Tailwind, Infinite, Morton, they all have a good amount of carbs, sodium, and um, calories to you know, and that's what we like about it. You you, you know what in one sachet or two scoops, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not having to worry about open packets and. What, what about caffeine yep so you've just got the caffeinated version which yeah. in ultraman i pretty much i mixed up my six bottles for the run and it was just straight tail one to start and then it would be like half caffeinated half normal and then full caffeinated and then the last bottle was full red bull <laughs> yeah and then and yeah and, and so why do you do that why do you do red bull or coca-cola why do you do that it's a bit of mental as well yeah. but it yeah. tastes good and yeah always just save that for yeah near the end yeah. yeah and on the bike i think i had half coke half red bull for the last couple yeah of it's just something different and you're like oh you know feels like a bit of a treat coke bit i mean taurine but a yeah garana a bit of caffeine and bit of a buzz yeah because you know that that night especially you know i think so on you said like that second day mm. that night you're gonna get limited sleep because mm. your body's been through two days of pretty brutal swimming and cycling mm. so you know i mean it doesn't matter you know how much caffeine you know it, for me it was like if i get five or six hours sleep sort of tossing and turning yeah come day three it is, yeah. what, it is. It is what it is yeah what what sort of like you're saying bed you know you're everywhere sore and like your back, lower back sore like what is the, you you're know, just restless restless yeah. yeah everything's just aching like you're dehydrated you're sore you've like literally had a kilo of sugar that day so your body's like going what the hell's going on yeah and yeah. probably equivalent of about 10 coffees so yeah you're not it's not the ideal sleep prep yeah but you just know that you're lying down your muscles are yeah. at least resting yeah yeah um, the mind's not necessarily resting but the body is and then it's i don't know i found come day three on that in the morning you're, you're driving down in the car <laughs> 
and you're just like what the fuck am i doing like this is this is not gonna go mm. well and within the first 500 meters i was like okay yeah we're we're, we're not good but yeah we can do this we can yeah. do it yeah yeah i think it was it was better than i expected yeah which is good for your mind yeah yeah and you just don't think that you've got another 83 and a half k's to run no. especially on that bloody pace simon all oh, right no but the good thing was like what simon you I mean he'd crack blue lake tarawera so i'm not saying 84 is nothing it's you know, still back-to-back marathons but mentally you could you could say well i've done 200k i've done this you know and um he's done some big epic rides so um and in my preps for them when i did it it, yeah those big days like by yourself that you share that um thing today you're you're out riding that 300k in terrible weather and um it was the same with me i remember going i basically went from woku ended out the um oh for some reason i ended up at the red fox tavern um i didn't have a beer but um i got a pie and just sat out there and but you know like was there anybody there yeah a couple of farm trucks or farm utes um (laughs) what have you been doing mate i've come from woku oh true pretty much yeah yeah one of the i I went over to the bakery and got a a coffee and it's like i said oh yeah i'm from come from woku and they're like what we're on your bike like yeah and um but you know out in those miserable i remember going through the hunua gorge and then heading down that way and it was just miserable weather and it's just like you know if you can get suck it up and get through those sort of days here which like simon did you know and and the and the getting up the next day and running five or six hours then that's it's only going to be beneficial for three days of racing over in noosa mm. yeah what did, what did you do to get rid of the salt water taste when you got on the bike just got some lactic acid taste instead <laughs> <laughs> that, that changes washes away up. everything <laughs> changes yeah, yeah 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 well, you know, old mate said he would catch you after after the swim, so um, that when was did he enough, say that? enough incentive on it. Uh, day before, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, but, yeah, that salt water can be, that was you know, nasty. Yeah. So what, what is a swollen tongue like? Oh, it just feels weird. It's not <laughs> sore or anything, but it's like, feels like it's going <laughs> to close up your throat almost the last K on the swim. Wouldn't have been um, as bad as um, the guy did 99 Okay. No, no, Johnny. Oh, yeah, out. no, that's yeah. that's next level. Did you have that similar feeling like he said, like when he was, could see the, you know, the finish, thinking that like as soon as this stops, it's the experience is over. But he said that on between two beers, I was like, yeah. that is a weird mental oh, state. I, I really enjoyed the swim like a hell of a lot more than I thought, and yeah. I actually had that thought at about five hundred meters to go. In the water, I was like, I don't want to get out. Like, yeah. I was. And yeah, it's funny how zone. quick two and a half, two hour forty goes. Like, you know, when you think about it now, I mean, that's a long time yeah. in the ocean. But Even the run, like, yeah, before you know it, it was we were like seven k to go or something, and you sort of like, shit, that's yeah, it's these three days are almost over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Well, now he's yeah, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> your Strava that or was it your Strava or whatever that week oh yeah 90 yeah yeah, yeah yeah well my biggest my biggest ever run week's 201k but in but that's because in one day I did 165k in a mile so yeah. you know it still looks good on Strava 200k yeah, run week yeah um, yeah. yeah I think yeah. I got two, 230 in the Blue Lake week oh yeah of course yeah yeah a couple of yeah. couple of 15k jogs early in the week and then a then 200 and lazy 200 on the weekend yeah 
<laughs> good fun so do you guys talk about cows while you're out there like, yeah, yeah. all sorts of weird conversations yeah, going six hours is you know when we're running Waikato River Trails or Pawanui or wherever you know Rotorua um, probably lucky we're not hooked up to microphones <laughs> yeah true <laughs> um, oh, the good old days of you know when Simon panel beater and I was you know we were like the odd drop of Jim Beam or something <laughs> like that you know yeah we're oh, man we talk about heaps of shit eh? reminiscing reminiscing and um, cars and Holdens and Fords or whatever, yeah, she, yeah. Do you like just, Fords or no? I'm, I'm not too, not too phased. I just like your drifters, Japanese cars. <laughs> Went through that phase. <laughs> nah, Holdens are still the, still the choice. Yeah, I'm, st- I'm always looking on trade me your, you know, for. I actually spotted a. Fifty-six Chevy Bellier that was, I think it was eighty-two k, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was nice, but I'd have to sell. I was about to say, you know how you didn't drive that for a while? Yeah. The more this goes on with Holden, you're not going to be able to drive it. You can, you know, it's no. just, just well, going to be to a show. I think, um, <laughs> yeah, well, the last time I took it out was to, I went to Rotorua to the um, Holden Nationals mm. um, car show and put it in that. And, um, oh, Simon and I went to it. And it's funny, you know, going there and, yeah, my car's Maloo, 800 horsepower and all that. And it's a beast. But you parked up, and yeah, a few people walk past and were like, "Oh, cool, you know." But Still HQs, the classics, the classics, you know, yeah, your EHs, your HQ, all those. I mean, me, me and Simon are like, oh, "Let's don't worry about looking at my car. Well, these <laughs> ones here, let's go over and look at you know all the all the old school ones." Yeah, and mm. that's yeah, yeah. So when was that last year? May last year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what was the conversation about? Like, we've all got cars that are not going to get made. You're pretty pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as soon as Holden stopped, yeah, making cars, like the the value of mine doubled. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, um, that's come back a bit now, but um, I got a valuation done on that, and it's yeah, crazy, yeah, crazy. It must it must be a weird situation if someone's bought one as their like driver, and then they're like, oh, I can't sell my car <laughs> yeah. well that just sits in the um sits in the garage because i've got a um commodore sv6 wagon as my work car um you can't drive your car no. <laughs> yeah. and um so i think like when i got my car serviced uh, the other month i'd only put 300 k's in it on um on it in a year so and adam from xcs said to me you need to drive it more mate because you know i'm just putting up. yeah i'm putting fresh well or you know it's serviced it it's just going to sit there you know, yeah because um, one year I hadn't driven it for a while, started it up, went out, roared around Waiuku for 10 minutes, came back and I had um, fouled two of, the, two of the plugs or something. Oh, I can't remember. It cost me, anyway, it cost me a thousand bucks because I hadn't driven it enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's not like, um, I, and all, everything, I didn't realise the battery uses even when it's off it's using power because it's got to do this that and the other it's not like a you know hq where you you know you start it up and run the choke for <laughs> 10 minutes and away you go how long are they going to supply parts for i don't know oh, i just keep upgrading it all yeah yeah so you know it's supercharged and all that at the moment i don't need original holder parts i just want <laughs> new, new stuff yeah. Yeah. and chevy's well you think chevy will always exist but no but aren't they um even the V8 supercars now, or the Gen 3 Chevys, aren't they? 
Mm. Uh, they're not. Are they going to do them next year or year after? I th- I'm not too sure. I thought I heard something about yeah, Chevy's a change again or something. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, now we talk about heaps of stuff when we're out running for six hours. Mm. Yeah. Um, Races and records and who's doing what and yeah, yeah. you know. You, you've done a bit of a push with mental health stuff. Like, yep. When me and Pat were out running the other week, we we had a massive download on our way out to the dam. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Is that that ever happened to you guys? Just download, you know? Yeah. Become open. <laughs> I think that just naturally happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Simon listens to me. I think quite a bit going on about my my mental health and my health anxiety, the stuff that I suffer from, you know, because, and especially after last year, um, yeah, I battled, you know, after two surgeries and then the old blood clots on the lungs. um, Yeah, I, and I'm pretty open about, you know, going through a bit of depression and stuff because, you know, I went from running 150k run weeks and gearing up for a hundred miler to nothing Mm. and being no running for seven months. Um, you know, on crutches and a knee brace. Um, speaking of that knee brace, I need to I should have brought it down. We could have done a sacrificial burning of it. Um, <laughs> but you, you know, like um, it was funny. Um, and then the blood clot things was really what tipped me over the edge. And um, you know, just that memory of getting the phone call, you need to go to hospital, and then being in the car. And you no, know, I literally said to Paula, "I'm scared. I'm going to die." Mm. And um, yeah, and then yeah, you know, I thought I was all right, doing okay, and it was just yeah, it was um, in December last year. I just was not myself, and I hadn't run and hadn't done you know like, and I just I literally was on the bed at home just for about three or four days. Mm. Yeah, and um, you're you're good at reaching out for a yeah, chat for a chat. Yeah, and I know when to give them support and when to wind them up. <laughs> yeah, 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 because. It was, when was it 2012 we did challenge monica yeah it was 2012 that's the first time i met simon but yeah. yeah so we um oh, probably the only time i could probably say i caught him on the bike <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. and um and then we got off basically within a minute of each other going on to the run and then mm. simon you finished ninth overall and i was 10th yeah, overall. I so. and yep. um that's sort of when we kicked off sort of getting to know each other training because he was just i was living in um henderson Oh, no, yeah. sorry. Yeah, and you are over in Port Chev. Yeah. But, um, so we're, yeah, I mean, yeah, not only good mates, good training partners and raced against each other for years, but yeah, Simon knows when, yeah, to just reach out and, mm. um, and I do as well. You know, yeah, I'm pretty open about men's mental health and talking about it. Did you ever listen to that Luke Bryan explain his OCD? No. No. What sort of helps you get past that? How things are? Is it what gives you? Is it needing confidence again, or just yeah? Um, just time? oh man, I could I could bang on about it. You know, seeking reassurance, trips to the doctors, you know, all that sort of thing. You know, um, now I'm yeah. You know, the more I talk about it and be open about it, it helps. Um, meditation, yoga, um, you know, trying to stay grounded, but. You know, checking in with other mates who, not necessarily not necessarily have health anxiety, but just struggling. You know, work, mm-hmm. fitness, injuries. You know, whatever it might be. Um, so, there's other perspectives on. Yeah, on yeah, because um, other people's challenges. Yeah, mm. yeah, like and saying, 
you know, if you knew everyone what everyone was going through, you know, if you threw if everyone threw all their problems onto the table, you'd pull your own ones back pretty quick. Yeah. 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 Um, I just read the um, book from um, Brad Smaley. 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 Oh, the Wake Porter. Wake Porter. Yep. So oh, I, I'm just trying to because I read. I was trying to figure out how you pronounce his last name. Yeah. And it's I read uh, one of the podcasts I listened to that he was on Smaley. Anyway, yeah, pro wakeboarder. Yeah. You know, he's quadriplegic. Yeah. Quadriplegic. And his book just was like so inspirational for me to read it and then talk to people about what I'm going through. But I mean, what he's gone through. You know, being summer to summer pro wakeboarder to you know, yeah, and it was. I actually tagged him in one of my Instagram posts and uh, he said, cheers, mate. And then I just had a little brief chat with him, uh, you know, private message. And he and I just said to him, look, I'd been going through depression, bit of PTSD, stuff like that. And he said, look, can I copy and paste that and chuck it on his Instagram um, feed just to, you know, boost sales of his book. But also, you know, just he was stoked that he was helping me through, through my shit times yeah and yeah. i'd like to think you know and i do have a few people that reach out and just say hey you know i'm struggling um and i'm yeah more than happy to chat to people and if they want to unload or just ask me things or yeah i'm all yeah. for it yeah. yeah especially kiwi blokes <laughs> i mean it's yeah it, yeah that's a weird world um i thought <laughs> I find it strange that like you know there's that couple of wars generations and then our generations sort of sat around and gone fuck we've like we've almost had time to think about it instead of like i've got to get this all done and then we've like sitting here thinking about it like far it's pretty messed up what goes on in their head mm-hmm. and, how, and how much it can take over and then like how publicized suicide is and you're just like far out another person not another person yeah 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 um yeah the week rugby player straight away I'm like mm. fuck how many concussions did he have like what was what was the situation there what happened when he finished playing rugby you know yeah what has he been trying to achieve and so like, man yeah. yeah 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 no I mean I've talked about it you know like I've I've also found hard going from you know I call it being semi-professional but racing elite to you know being at the level I used to be to trying to accept you know injuries surgeries all that sort of thing but also getting older and stepping away from it and um yeah accepting things for how it is now you know Mm -hmm. rather than going oh i wish i could run like i did five years ago you know like you look at your like if i if you ask me what your 10k pb was you know and and i think about that time i'm like should i do anything to run that quick but the thing the reality is, is that you know i'm 12 years older than than I was, you know, when I did that time, mm-hmm. and things change, and body, you know, and so you you got to accept that. But I, I do find that hard. Yeah. Mm. yeah, finding a new way to PR, eh? It's like just keep going longer. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've yeah. never run that before, so I just keep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, do something I mean, new. <laughs> the the one over in Brisbane that I did, um, they do a two hundred miler, and um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's um, you know three hundred and twenty odd k. And so when I did it, we started six o'clock on the Saturday morning, and the couple of last two hundred milers were coming in. They'd started at Thursday night at midnight, so mm. they'd already been going for you know over twenty four hours. And that and so one of the guys came in, 
and we were just about to start, you know, and these headlights are coming to us. Oh yeah, they finished their first hundred mile. They go turn around and go all the way back to um <laughs> to, the, to their start. So was that out and back, out and back top top? Oh no, they ran out a hundred miles and back a hundred miles. Oh dear. Yeah. And so later that afternoon, I passed the lead female, and she'd yeah she'd probably done. I think she was at the two hundred and forty k mark. She was trucking along, but you know, and I'm running along going. I've just clicked over eighty. You know, I'm only halfway, and she's already done two. You know, two thirds mm. of it. Yeah, and it's just like oh, two hundred miles, maybe. Mm. Yeah, uh, maybe not. Yeah, hundred miles is tough enough, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's people out there who are doing, not just doing it as a completing thing, but there's races now that mm. are um, three days long. You know, running, you know, running races, and there's a Kiwi lady who. I can't remember which race it was. I mean, she was racing for four days, and um, yeah, crushed it. Mm. But you know, this was you know running up in the mountains at minus something degrees, and then going down into the valleys, and it's forty degrees and hallucinating and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I think Lisa Tamari has some pretty. Oh, is that her? I don't, it might have been. Might, might, yeah, this, it might be. This was yeah. sort of ten years ago. She has some pretty strange experiences yeah. being in like in um, the Middle East where they shouldn't have been and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah, I think she's done bad water and yeah, just yeah. Put, putting her body into places. That, yeah. yeah, and it's crazy seeing what people are doing now. Like, you know, um, the guy is it, um, who ran across Australia. Mm. Ned. Ned. Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. Like, you know, not only what he did each day, but the little hurdles, you know, like what did he... Um, maggots on his mm. toes stuff like you know like yeah. yeah and people don't understand what running 100k's a day is you know yeah. a lot of people can't fathom running 100k's or even understand what it's like but let alone doing that for 40 days in a row or whatever it was yeah and he was running pretty quick yeah as well yeah. like 6 minute k pace yeah. Mm. yeah do you think that's um, what sort of sent this week into a little bit of whirlwind for you Simon that like there's been a bunch of these things starting to happen, especially post-COVID, like people are pushing the limits. And then, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there has been quite a bit of exposure. I think just, yeah, racing, going in a little bit under the radar with the race already having a little bit of hype with a few guys sort of talking it up. And then, yeah, sort of. And I think the fact that he went sub 20 but yeah like you know not just 10 minutes or under the world record or world's best time or whatever like but 90 so like the fact the fact that it's just like a new standard new period oh yeah yeah yeah, you know like and now we were talking about it you know this might not only good exposure for just the ultraman distance but it it might draw out some of those sort of fast ironman pros who coming towards the end of their career or think well okay if if he can go 1948 you know can we go 1930 or something like that you know and and like we we just mentioned earlier you know getting a group of six motivated guys who are willing to race mm-hmm. um you know and two out of the six might finish you know four of them might just blow up and not finish but you know you're all sort of um it's like um taupo 100k ultra mm-hmm. you know, such a great simon won it um Last year, yeah. yeah, and I hold the 
course record there. But uh, but I think it, my course record is eight oh three, and I think you can. I think if you had the likes of say me, Simon, I don't know, like say Dan Jones, Sam Harvey, Scotty, top guys in New Zealand, all get together there and push each other. You know, I, I think seven and a half hours you know doable because it's such a great runnable course dan might be 20 minutes ahead but <laughs> yeah i should maybe i shouldn't have mentioned yeah. his name but um but you know it would be yeah, yeah. yeah you know what he's capable of, capable of um yeah you know that's i don't know i think that's with the ultra stuff that's what i want to see um and with simon going you know as well as he did you know and hopefully he can get to ultraman world champs at the end of the year yeah hopefully this week uh helps you get there mate <laughs> yep yep yeah all right thanks yeah, guys thanks. it's been awesome to pick both your brains <laughs> oh, anytime yeah anytime like i obviously uh sit there on instagram and watch you guys most days and go fucking hell <laughs> it's just like a long run chat but we get to sit down sit yeah. down yeah sit down stay hydrated stay hydrated yeah, yeah. no nah, appreciate it lovely thank you very much guys cool, cool. cheers <laughs>